Welcome back to the Reviewing the Brew podcast. It's going to be season two of the R2B podcast. We are back after about a month and a half hiatus. We are back in 2019, ready for a new season of Brewers Baseball. I'm Dave Gasper. With me, as always, is fellow site editor Matthew Dewaskin and one of our contributors, Joseph. Is it, is it C. Mandel? Is, is that how it's pronounced? Uh, C. C. Mandel, yes. C. Mandel, okay. C. Mandel, gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So, a lot of things to discuss. Um, we've we've kind of missed a lot over the last month and a half. A lot of things to hit. Second base. Well, I, David, you, 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 you know you know you know what else we missed today, right? What did, what did we miss today? Hang on. There we are. Ah, uh, yeah. You missed your beer. <laughs> I, I I have I haven't had a beer since we did a podcast last. Really. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. Um, yeah, so a lot of things to hit. Uh, second base, uh, the Brewers have traded a couple of outfielders, made a signing at catcher, uh, big naming rights deal to get everyone all up in arms. We're going uh-huh. to talk about that later. Um, some news on the pitching market. But first, uh, last week, uh, the Brewers had their annual Fan Fest Brewers on deck down in Milwaukee. Uh, Joe, you were there. Uh, just kind of what can you tell us about the atmosphere at Brewers on Deck, really kind of what you saw, and just what you what you kind of took from it? Uh, yeah, so uh, I've been to a, a couple different fan fests that, uh, with different teams, and I will say Milwaukee does it 100% better than anybody else does. Really? Uh, Amen. First off, um, they uh, they do it right. The team is engaged with fans like no other, and uh, I was absolutely just amazed at the access, uh, the atmosphere. <laughs> Imagine uh, you're at Disneyland with your kids, and uh, you're like, "Hey, this is great." You know, there's not lines. That's the beginning, and then uh, <laughs> about 20 minutes into it, there are 8,000 people around you, and you are just taken back with the number. Um, but man, you know that. They set it up really well. First floor was all the kids' zone, so the kids didn't have to go up the stairs. They didn't have to get involved in the adult stuff. And the players just were all down the kids' area, hanging out, talking to the kids, playing games with them. You go upstairs on that next level, you got all the vendors, you got all the autograph signings, and that is where it got crazy. Um, I think, mm. you know, I was telling you guys earlier, I stood in line to get Robin Yount's autograph for about an hour and a half. It's a must-have. Um, yeah. And it is. It's a must-have for any Brewers fan. Uh, if you've grown up a Brewers fan, it, it definitely is a must-have. Um, Christian Yelich, the second he got in that building, though, you knew exactly where he was at every second he moved. <laughs> you heard MVP everywhere he went. Lorenzo Cain even stopped his autograph signings to start an MVP chant. So it was mm. that big. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, the atmosphere, the atmosphere is amazing. I mean, the fans are ready for Brewer baseball. They really are. They want to see a repeat of 2018, and they want to. They are hungry for a World Series. Everywhere you went, everybody's like, "This is it. We're getting that World Series finally." They they believe this is the year. Yeah, we do. I mean, you, you got to believe. I mean, after so much that went right last year, and just everything really built off of, and then you got young guys coming up. You're returning most of the team. There, there's really a lot to be positive for for next year. Absolutely. Actually, yeah. I, I, I saw I, there was a discussion about this on Twitter where uh, an individual, I'm not going to say his name, uh, was claiming that everything actually went 
went the you know broke the brewer's way and oh in yeah i saw that i saw that i don't i don't really think they had to overcome quite a bit and they still managed to to win what 98 games in it 96 in the regular season 96, i i apologize it's been it's been too long for me i apologize that's right that, that's why i'm here <laughs> yeah i know it is yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, david gasford not, not only does he write for the site but he also stops all, all my fake news yeah I, i'm your fact check yeah, yeah. But, but either but either way, like the Brewers actually had a pretty tough season. I mean, from from losing you know losing their closer in the first you know what was it week. you know, two weeks of the se- yeah, yeah first week of the season you know then you know losing Eric Thames Ryan Braun having his issues Orlando Garcia and his issues Domingo Santana kind of fell apart uh, they they didn't have a catcher or second baseman for the majority of the season. Um, a lot of you know the, the, some of the trades they made didn't actually didn't really work out the best. <coughs> Jonathan Scope, excuse me. Well, I I wasn't naming names, but yeah, not not to <laughs> mention about- not to mention they didn't have their ace Jimmy Nelson all season long. That was just another thing that just it was it went against them, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, but basically everything went against the Cubs, and they still won ninety five, and they had all this because Chris Bryant had a terrible year, you Darvish had a terrible year. It's like. Yeah, well, the- well, and, and throw the throw this idea in there too, guys. Chase Anderson did not have the 2017 numbers. Oh my God! Oh no, no. 2017 numbers he had in 2018. Mm. I mean, Davey spent most of the season in the minor leagues. Accurate. And, and yeah, you're right. Jimmy Nelson not being there was another big one. And you mm. had Wade Miley, who yeah, he, he won. We're going to talk about him a little bit later, but he wins five games, but he only plays in 16 games this this last season. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like literally, their starting rotation. In September and into October, was just Yulis Chassin and Wade Miley, and you call that everything breaking right? I mean that that's kind of a weak rotation, if you ask me. I mean, it was good. Yeah, I mean, just kind of like on paper, but it it worked in in October for the most part. But you'd like to have someone else and someone mm. better. But as Joseph said, Wade Miley. Let's let's bring up him now because earlier today, Wade Miley signed a one year deal. With the Houston Astros now, I've I've been saying this for months. How I was not a big fan of Miley. I didn't think his success was going to continue, and then he was going to regress, and that the Brewers should not bring him back. And my wish came true. We'll see how happy I am about this after 2019. But he signs with the Astros instead for four and a half million. Matthew, what what was your initial reaction to seeing? Wade Miley head to Houston. I think it's a great deal for the Astros. Yeah, I really do. Um, you know, they needed you know they you know the, the top the top of their rotation is among the best in the league, but they're a little thin when it gets toward that that back end. Um, I don't think they wanted to, to go in, into into twenty nineteen expecting a lot, a lot of their young guys to have to step up. So you know, the signing there makes sense. He's a left hander, which again, you know, it, it replaces Keiko. Oh, completely. Dallas Keuchel replacement, hundred percent. Not, not quite. But, <laughs> um, well, no, the, the thing with Miley from last year is that he he did it after learning a new pitch. He, he I, I, I believe it was, it was the cut fastball that he had yeah. in his repertoire, and it's like made like all the difference. So, and supposedly at, at a recent showcase he did, he looked fantastic. You know, it was you know the, you know the cutter was still moving the way the cutter was moving last year. So I, I actually I like this move a lot for the Astros. I think they got a great deal. I think they added depth to their rotation that you know they were kind of needing, and 
you know, and, and Wade Miley gets paid for a year, so good for him. And hopefully it paves the way for Dallas Keigel to come to Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph, what what did you think of uh, Wade Miley leaving for Houston? <laughs> so uh so I'm I'm kind of in the same camp uh of you, David. Like uh yeah, I, I feel hey, good for Wade. He got four point five million dollars out of the deal and uh his career earnings is over twenty million. Yeah. Um, but th- but this is a guy not counting twenty eighteen has a 66 and 74 career record with over yeah. a 44 ERA. Woof. And but he learned a new pitch. He learned a new pitch, yes, but Wade Miley, you know, I I've uh, being that I live in Seattle, I get to hear a lot of Mariner fans complain about Wade Miley that year they had him that he cost oh, him bad. a ton of money and <laughs> he he did nothing for the team. So then they trade him midway through the season for nothing. Uh so and and another thing his last winning record, not in counting last season, he was 16 and 11 in 2012. That was yeah. his last winning record as a pitcher. Well, so, so you pitch, can pitcher's record is more it's more it's more reflective of the team as 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 than is the pitcher. That's true. That's true. I mean, you could play the game if you had Wade Miley for a full season. Does he end up being 10 and four? Mm-hmm. I I like to say he may have been like seven and nine, seven and ten. You know, he may have started seeing some cracks in the in the exterior at some point in the season if he had made it all thirty two games. Yeah, I mean Miley's xFIP was four point three, and his ERA was like two and a half. Like it, his peripherals were just so off. Like there's there's going to be regression coming. Like he's not a two and a half ERA type pitcher, even with a new cutter. So. I thought I still thought he was going to get more than a one-year, four and a half million dollar deal. I thought he could possibly get two years, maybe like around eight or so million a year. But I, I, I think I think if he had, if he had thrown a full season last year, you'd be seeing more of that. But the fact that he only played about a half season, yeah, I, I think I think that kind of limited his value heading heading into uh, into twenty nineteen. Yeah, he had the oblique injury. Um, yeah, that, that in like his it. second start. Yeah, in the first inning there against Cleveland. And then Brent Suter had to come in in long relief and hit an absolute bomb off Corey Kluber. Oh, that was phenomenal. I was at that game. It was that was wild. Um, but yeah, so Wade Miley is gone, and the Brewers have to move on to their next option. I don't even know if the Brewers are really in on bringing Wade Miley back. I think they might have been more agreeing with with me and Joe because at one year, four and a half million, that's pretty affordable and I think if the Brewers wanted him back they could they would have very easily matched that offer from the Astros and and brought him back so I I think this kind of more shows that the Brewers just didn't really want him and they didn't really believe he could sustain this success long term fair enough so the other left-handed starting pitcher that's out there who has been far more successful in his career is Dallas Keuchel the Brewers reportedly um, are interested in him there, there has been an unconfirmed report that the Brewers have a three-year offer extended to them. They're among three finalists for them, along with the Braves and the Astros. Um, don't know where the Astros stand now after Wade Miley. Didn't know what the Braves' offer actually was. But I'm still not sure about how legitimate that report is. But there have been other reports from other journalists that the Brewers have interest in Dallas Keuchel, there's just been no details on any sort of offer. But mm. what do you guys do? You think that Dallas Keuchel will end up in a Brewers uniform, Joe? What do you think? 
Wishful thinking says yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. We kind of discussed, <laughs> I, we discussed a little earlier today, you know, the, the teams that are out there that have been reported, the Brewers, the Astros, the Braves. I, I threw out the Phillies possibly, you know, you put him in that rotation. Who knows what they're going to have left, depending. I'd love to say yes. He's a he is an ace game changer, really. I mean, you put him as Shasin as one and two, that that helps kind of set the rest of the lineup with Jimmy Nelson, and then a mix like we've said of who knows what they throw in there after Jimmy Nelson. Mm. Then, well, Matthew, what do you think? Big yeah, sigh, yeah, I, big I, sigh before he talks. Every single time I, you do that, I, I've got to agree with Joe. You know, I, I think wish, 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 wishful thinking is that, that, that he's, he's the, you know, the opening day starter in Milwaukee. But, you know, this offseason has been just, 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 just so kind of squirrely that it's hard. I, 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 I'm, I'm hesitant to make a prediction just because, you know, you've got, you know, you know, arguably three of the top four free agents still out in the market with, you know, a few clear favorites and where they might land. But, you know, the clear favorites now were the clear favorites back in December. I don't, you know, you, you'd think there would have been a bit more movement by now with, with those <laughs> guys. Hoped. Yeah. I, I would like to believe, like, the closer we get, because we're, what, two weeks now from pitchers and catchers reporting, the closer you Finally. get to that, that date, that there are going to be players out there going to say, you know what, I'm going to go to a team on a one-year deal, and I'm going to get what I can get because mm. if I don't, I, I might not have a contract waiting for me. And, and as sad as that sounds, Keuchel, who is probably the best free agent pitcher on the market right now, may not have that contract sitting there yet, or he might be a late, right before they report kind of signing. If if I remember correctly from last year, Jake Arrieta was in a similar boat. And yeah, he, him he and uh, who is the guy? Alex Cobb, the guy that went to yeah. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, they 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 were you know. Rumored to go to be going just about everywhere, and they and they ended up signing. I think Arietta signed in the middle of March, and I think Cobb signed. He signed like late March. He signed like a week before yeah, opening day. Was, I think I think that's how. I remember. And then he got hurt, which was fantastic. I don't. I didn't even know so, if he was hurt. I think he was just terrible. Like because he was trying to play through because he had a shortened spring training. Like it I took him a while to get back up, but I don't. I don't know. Alex Cobb just had a terrible season. But and, bad. and Baltimore, not good. Baltimore signed him to a four-year deal worth like sixty million, and then they lost a hundred some games. Oh man, I'm Throw, s- throwing this out there. So uh, Tom Hattacourt earlier, um, you know, he mentioned the the free agents loosely associated with the Brewers right now, Keuchel being one of them. But left-handed Gio Gonzalez, he's another name out there that still yeah. hasn't signed. And, and yeah, I mean, as much as Brewer fans look at that and they're saying Geo, I don't know. He's an option, though, that's out there. Yeah, I just don't think he's really an, an upgrade. I don't think he really moves the needle at all, But whereas Keuchel does. And Keuchel, he'd be a great fit in Milwaukee, obviously. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's 31. He's left-handed. The Brewers do not have any left-handed starter now that Brent Suter is out for pretty much the entire season with Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. And... He's a ground ball pitcher. He's a career 58.8% ground ball pitcher. And when you're in Miller Park, keeping the ball on the ground is pretty important. And with the way the Brewers shift, you know, that should help out, you know, when when he's getting all those ground balls, the Brewers are going to have the infielders in the right spot. So I I think he'd have a ton of success with the Brewers. It's just a matter of of getting him to agree and, and sign on a contract. And 
the reported offer that was out there from that unconfirmed report was three years, and I would love to do a three-year deal for Dallas Keuchel. I would I would possibly go four years. I would not go five, but I, I'd go three or four years. And if, even if it's around $20 million a season, I think that's a great value for Dallas Keuchel, and I would definitely do that deal if I were the Brewers. It's I, I just think it makes sense. Honestly, I'm 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 just trying. I'm I'm, I'm I, I apologize for stalling, but I'm 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 looking up Jake Arrieta's deal because I think that's gonna, it, you know, Keiko's gonna wind up with something similar to what Arrieta got, and like I he think said, he got you know, like three seventy five, three seventy five with two option years for twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two when he's thirty five and thirty six. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I think. Seventy-five million for for three years of Dallas Keuchel sounds like an overpay to me. Um, it honestly it sounds like an overpay to me for for Jake Arrieta. But, yeah, I don't think they do three seventy-five, three like three for seventy-five million. I, I think you could do three for maybe like sixty, or like if you want to do like four for seventy-five or eighty million, then I'd do that. But I, I don't think the Bruce would go for a three-year seventy-five million. I think that's just too high of an average annual value. And it's just something yeah. that the Brewers oh, can't handle with with their payroll right well, now. We, yeah, we, with Arietta, it was actually front loaded. He got thirty million last year. Dang. Wow. Yeah, yeah. His, his contract is. He got thirty million last year, twenty five this year, twenty in twenty twenty, and then options for twenty two point five the following two years. Wow. Because the Phillies knew they wanted to go after Harper and Machado this year, so they front-loaded a bunch of the money there. But, yeah, speaking of which, can someone sign Harper and Machado? Like, come on. This is taking forever. It, it's kind of silly. You, you think that, you know, you, you know, you think you think Harper would have signed a deal in, like, you know, November, December. You know, he would have gotten the whatever he was asking for. Like, I, or at I least not. I don't, at know. least January. But we have a couple hours now, and then January is going to be over, and he's going to be signing in February. Like he's one of the yep. best young players in baseball, and spring training is two weeks away, and he doesn't have a team. Yep. It, it's ridiculous. So, I, I don't know. I I just want him to sign. I want Machado to sign so that Mustakis can sign with a team, so we can finally understand whether or not he's coming back or not, and. First of all, I don't see Mike Moustakas coming back just just right off the bat. I, I think there are too many other teams that are interested in him, and whoever loses out on Machado is going to go after Moose, and I think he can get a two- to three-year deal on the open market, which the Brewers would not do. No, probably not. No, and I think, uh, I, th- I think they're going to walk into 2019 with that platoon at second base, like we've kind of been noticing already when you yeah. brought in what, three guys that can play second base? You're going to walk into that season with platoon. You're going to put Shaw back at his natural third base position. Yeah. Thank you, right? Yeah. So before we get too far off there, um, back kind of back to the, the Keiko thing, the other, there are other reports about what the Brewers were looking for then, and that they're still looking for a top-tier starting pitcher, even though David Stearns has said in the past that he is, you know, he likes the pitching that he has. And he doesn't feel the need to go out and get someone, but he's 
Like, he's still kind of showing that he still wants to. He's still doing the background work on guys like Dallas Keuchel. And he's also still in negotiations with the Indians for Corey Kluber, who I would also love to get. Three years, around $17, $18 million each of those years. Two-time Cy Young winner, just an absolute guaranteed bona fide ace in Corey Kluber. He'd be phenomenal in Milwaukee, but according to John Morosi, the Brewers need to make a more compelling offer to get Kluber before spring training starts. Because once spring training starts and Corey Kluber reports to the Indians, he's not going to get traded. So they'd kind of have to get something done here soon before spring training nears. And David Stearns, he's not really shown to be a guy who moves off the value he has on a certain player. You know, if he says this player is worth this much, he's not going to overpay. So that's why I think a Corey Kluber trade is kind of unlikely. But the fact that he's still going on, on Kluber is really interesting to me. Joe, do, do you think that there's at least a little bit of a chance that Corey Kluber could end up being the the ace starting pitcher that Stearns gets. I I honestly thought the talk on Kluber had died a couple weeks ago yeah. until earlier <laughs> yeah. today because we hadn't heard much. And uh, my my questions are always you know because I agree with what you're saying about David Stearns and he looks at the value of what what he's got in his hand already. He he definitely has the the poker mentality. Does he have a better hand than what's going to be flipped? Um, what what do they want for Kluber? They're going to want young pitching and a young, you know, young hitter of some kind. Now, do you think you've got a better option in the future with, you know, Keston Herrera, um, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta? What do you have there? Is the next question. These guys are all under the age of twenty five, and, and Brandon yeah. Woodruff as well. Or do you know what you can get in Kluber? And, and make that play now. So it, it's tough for me to say yes. I, I do think he'll go to he'll go to Indians camp, and that's where he'll end up in 2019. I don't see him in Milwaukee unless a deal just overwhelms the Indians. Yeah. I mean, with, with what the Indians have been reported to be looking for, it's, it's like a Chris Sale-level return. And Chris Sale cost Michael Kopech and Yohan Mankata. And those are like two among others. Among yeah, among others. But those are like the two centerpieces, and they were like top twenty prospects in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. I think Mankata was like yep. the top prospect. Yep. So it's gonna cost you Keston here, guaranteed. And yep. it's going to cost one of the young starting pitchers. Yep. And whether that's Burns, Peralta, or Woodruff. I don't know. I think Burns has the highest ceiling, and that's the guy that the Indians would demand. But if I'm David Stearns, I'm not giving up both Keston Hira and Corbin Burns for Corey Kluber. I'd rather just stick with stick with Burns, stick with what I got, than pay that high of a price. That's just me, and that's and that's kind of what I think Stearns would do as well. I don't think he'd give up. I think he'd give up one. I think he'd he'd give up Hira, but he would not give up Burns as as well. To get Corey Kluber. Well, if you're not giving up both, you're probably not getting them. So I think yeah. that, that kind of answers mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, 
you give up here, and then what do you give up next? Yeah. They, they need outfielders. What, what else do you put in that package? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. they need outfielders so you can throw in Corey Ray. But, I mean, he's not a top 100 prospect. You know, he doesn't hit for a high enough average. The Brewers already traded away Santana and Broxton, even though those guys wouldn't really add much value anyways. No. So there, there's not much more the Brewers could give there from an outfield perspective for big league-ready guys. Mm. And, I mean, yeah, you could, you could throw in Kesson Hira, Corey Ray – and then, you know, Freddie Peralta or something, you're still going to need, like, a fourth piece, and I still don't know if that's enough. But it's, Yeah, it's a great, you know, the, the, you, you might be right there. So, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think it's it's going to be a challenge to, to find that ace at, at, at that price, um, which kind of brings up the other option, which is, it looks like, you know, like a, a, a midseason deal for Madison Bumgarner. Perfect segue. I was just about to send it to that topic as well. Because Morosi said in, in his report about Kluber that if talks for Kluber don't go anywhere, the Brewers would then possibly turn their attention to talks from Madison Bumgarner. And I'm not really high on getting Madison Bumgarner. He's only got one year of control left. He's had injury issues the past couple years. He hasn't really been himself. He's been declining. He's got a lot of mileage on that arm for only being 29 years old. So I don't know. I I really don't know about Bumgarner and the Giants have a ridiculously high asking price on him, even though he is only controlled for one year and he's had those injury issues. For Kluber, Mm -hmm. it's understandable they're ridiculously high asking price. So yeah, if if this was the Madison Bumgarner of 2013 through 2016, different story. Oh, of yeah. course. That guy, that guy was unstoppable. The Madison Baumgartner of 2017 and 2018 is 10-6 and six with a 3-2-9 ERA, and he's only pitched in 38 games in two seasons because exactly what you said, that mileage that he has on his body over those, really, those four years um, and those World Series uh, seasons that the Giants had, that's that's a tough ask to, uh, to put a guy in a trade, you know, put a high price on a guy in a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really can't. I really can't agree more with that. Um, although that, since he is playing for his his next contract, it it's going to be kind of interesting to see what kind of season he actually does put together. Um, you know, the the only thing I, I really have to offer on Madison Bumgarner is that I, I have seen him fall to like the tenth, twelfth round in like a lot of the early fantasy drafts. That tells you a lot. A lot you know, fantasy guys are down on him, and I in in fantasy baseball the hate's gone. I think a bit too. Far where I think he's a bit undervalued, so I'm I'm kind of curious to see how that, that plays out in, in real life baseball. If that that undervalue you know kind of kind of carries over in, 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 into real baseball, but my guess is it probably won't. But it, it's it's going to be interesting to see like you know, how his how his market evolves over the next uh, you know say four or five months. Yeah, I, I think he's <clears throat> I think he's more of an option at, in July than he mm. is right now, just because there's so much uncertainty about him. Accurate. Teams are just going to want to see what he's actually pitching like before they pay for him. And at mm-hmm. least when you get him in July, you're going to be you're not going to be sending as much back to the Giants because it's not a full no. season that that you're buying. I honestly, I think if if the Brewers were to, were to part with like a top pitching prospect, like say, like I don't I don't even know if it, I don't even know if they'd have to part with Zach Brown to get him. Honestly, I think it it, would, it might be even a a pitcher like. 
a tear down from from Zach Brown at that point. I mean, you know, like a you know, two and a half months in Madison, something like yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, you know, maybe package you know you know one or two of those guys of, of that level of of prospect. I, yeah. I, I could see make, making sense at that time. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the the return that he's going to get at the at the deadline, I don't think it's going to be near what the, what the Giants expect it's going to be. No. So I mean, basically, what what we're looking at here for the top of the, the these top tier pitchers that are available, Dallas Keuchel's probably our, our it's got to be our clear number one for the targets yeah. that we're looking at, and then yeah. Kluber's got to be two, and then Bumgarner is three. I, I think in that order is what we'd prefer to see the Brewers get at at their ace starting pitcher. I, I I'd almost I'd almost want to throw Robbie Ray in there too. If if, if the Robbie Ray is not available, like 100 percent not available, like not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I, I saw reports back in December at the winter meetings that the Diamondbacks were telling teams Robbie Ray is not available. Interesting. Yeah, they wanted you know, to I, send I, off Grinky, but you know you don't want to send off the guy who's actually going to bring you back some prospects. Yeah, really interesting. Well, you know, I guess you know we'll we'll see how that market develops too because yeah. I I don't I don't think the diamond you know I mean the Diamondbacks they tra- just traded Paul Goldschmidt. I don't really think they're going anywhere in no. 2019. But I've you know I've been wrong before. Yeah, so. and, and then they lost Patrick Corbin, so yep. it's just going downhill for him. Um, hey, still, still Zach Greinke. Is AJ Pollock still out there too? Nope, he uh, is signed a, with the Dodgers. He, he's a Dodger. He's yep. with the Dodgers. That's right. So I mean, they lost AJ Pollock then too. Yep. Yeah. No. So it's going downhill for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Their front office just—it's not run as well as some others. Speaking of front offices that are run well, David Stearns—he got himself a shiny new title, and a promotion, and a contract extension. David Stearns is sticking around for the next couple years, and all of all of our Brewers fans' dreams have come true. The man <laughs> is staying around. David Stearns now the president of baseball operations in Milwaukee, and I know when when we saw this news, uh, we could not be happier seeing it for David Stearns. It, it's you know it's a well earned promotion. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm hoping. I'm assuming it came with a raise, and I hope he stays in Milwaukee yeah. for a long time, because he's. You know, he does a fantastic job. He's a smart guy, and he's got the team in the right direction. So, you know, no. Granted, in in three years, we could be you know talking about how big of an idiot he's become, but kind, kind of like your Doug it. Melvin type things. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. No, no I, I was thinking somebody about maybe 80 miles south. Oh, yeah. How, hey, how how he's gone I, from from being a genius to being uh, kind of an you know, idiot, kind of an, yeah, yeah, kind of an idiot after he's won two two championships. I don't I don't care as long as he wins two championships. I, I don't care what he does after. <laughs> I'll just yeah. I'll just take the titles. Whatever happens, I don't care how much they rebuild afterwards. If they win those titles, I'll be fine. Hmm. I'll I'll tell you, yeah, it's it's great that we got David Stearns to stay long term. Keeping Matt Arnold this year is, I think, uh, kind of undervalued at this point. Matt Arnold being the assistant GM is still there is is impressive. He had some options out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Brewers lost, like, their pro scouting director. I think that was Manasian, Zach Manasian, I think he left. But other than that, they've kept most of their front office intact. So it was really a great job by Atanasio to, to get those guys contract extensions. They did not reveal the length. Of those contract extensions, and the Brewers have kind of made that 
policy. Basically, these past couple of years, they, they don't publicly reveal how long those contracts are because it's really not a benefit to them to have the public know how long those guys are under contract. No, it isn't. Yeah. So why tell them? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, we'd it, all like it, to it, know, but... Oh well. I mean, I, 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 I guess there's, you know, those New York rumors are pretty much, you know, dead and buried at this point. Yeah. No, because they got Brody Van Wagenen. Yeah, that's that's might going kind of, swimmingly it, 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 over there. Might be kind of an idiot. Yeah. Well, he was hired by the Mets, so I didn't have high hopes from from the from the start. All right. So now let's kind of switch to the topic that melted Brewers Twitter. Earlier this month. <laughs> you all know what it is. Starting in 2021, Miller Park will no longer be called Miller Park. It'll be called something else named after American Family Insurance. And everyone, as soon as I heard the news, was Not very everyone. upset. I, there were very everyone. few people I saw on Twitter that were immediate fans of this well, name change. I I think that says more about Twitter than it than it does about the news. But well, continue. yeah, but that that's just kind of where you know your fan base is going to vent their frustrations. And now we've we've kind of gotten more details about it. Uh, we still don't know what the stadium will be called when American Family takes over. Um, my guess is AmFam Field. Like they'll probably call it American Family Field because they they. They did say, the president of American Family or the CEO or whatever, you know, he said it's not going to be a shortened name. It's just going to be like, you know, it's going to have the full American Family title, but they'll probably like call it something for short, like to do with the Mark, the Marcus Amphitheater. Yeah, the AmFam Amphitheater at Summerfest the, on the main stage, it was a Marcus Amphitheater. I still call it the Marcus, but anyways. But they call it the AmFam Amphitheater, even though it's you know the American Family Amphitheater. So it's just going to be something different, and it's it's going to be tough for people to get the Miller Park name out of their head. Joe, I mean, are you going to be able to call it anything other than Miller Park? Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, fans <laughs> are going to call stadiums whatever they want to call them. To be honest with you, it doesn't matter what the stadium says. Fans are gonna still call, gonna call it Miller Park. You know, you're not gonna. Hey, do you want to go down to? You know, you're gonna say do you want to go watch the Brewers out at Miller. You're always gonna say that until that new name sticks with you, and then that's when it starts changing. Yeah. And then by that point, nobody cares. Yeah. Matthew, what about you? Speaking of nobody cares, what? I I don't have a strong opinion on it. If if the team if it brings more revenue to the team. I'm fine with the name change. It's it, it it's already a corporate name stadium. It's just a different corporation now. I yeah. I get I get that you know Miller Beer is a bit cooler than American Family Insurance, but at the end of the day, it's it's the name on a building. It's still the Brewers. It's still going to look the same. It's still going to sound the same. It's still going to feel the same. It's the same stadium, just a different name. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, but and I mean, the, the thing get, is, and the, and the team get, and the team gets more money for it. So yeah. But it's like Miller Park. It just rolls off the tongue. It sounds perfect. American Family Park. Like it just it doesn't sound right, you know? <laughs> like that's basically the thing. But but yeah, I mean basically from what I saw from what Tom Hodgecourt wrote about it is 
they they basically went to Miller. The, like the Brewers went to Miller, and they're just like, hey, like you know, time to kind of talk about like you know a new naming rights agreement. And Miller Coors was just like, we're not really interested in, in doing that. We're we're content to just kind of let it run out, and then we're we're kind of done. We, we want to focus on other things. We don't really want to have our name on the building. So the Brewers are like, oh, okay. And then they went and looked around to try and find other sponsors, and that's when they found American Family. And they came in with a strong offer, which is better than what the last one used to be. It's going to be a couple more million dollars to bring in to, to pay players to kind of just get those extra streams of revenue. You need to get as many as you can in a small market environment. And, I mean, they kept Miller apprised of everything. And it really hasn't strained their relationship at all. It's as strong as ever, but it's just it's just not going to have their name on the building. And while it's sad for a lot of people, don't don't get mad at the Brewers about it. Don't get mad at American Family. Get mad at Miller Coors because they were the ones that were disinterested in keeping the naming rights in the stadium. It, here's another thought. I mean, and, and you're saying it right now. It's Miller Coors. Coors already has Coors Field out in Colorado. Yes, They're but putting money into it. No, no. D- here's the thing with with Coors Field out in Colorado. They don't pay a dime for those <laughs> I love naming that you've rights. Done your own work. <laughs> they don't pay a love dime it, for it. it. I mean, they they got those naming rights. They paid like fifteen million like up front when they built the stadium, and they got those naming rights forever as long as that building stands, and they don't have to pay a cent. So why it's like you have the money to, <laughs> you have but the why, money for a second why would stadium. They pay money for a field in Milwaukee that they already don't have to pay for in Colorado. Yeah, it's just I don't it, know. It's not like you're gonna drive by Amfam Field and not see a big Miller sign right across the freeway. Yeah, that's true, but yeah, it's just it's just gonna be weird and. I don't know. And then wouldn't it be up to the city of Milwaukee to change the name from uh, Miller Parkway? So you might end up having Amfan Field on Miller Parkway. Yeah, it's just I, you know what? I, I I somebody brought that up, you know, this past month. Joe, was that you? Uh, I don't know if it was me. It may have been somebody else. But with okay. this conversation, we've all had about it. Yeah, I I I wonder how that's going to shake out. That's that's really an interesting aspect to it. You know, that you know the name of the street you think would fall under like you know under the city's purview. Yeah, yeah, it does. But hmm, at least we'll have one part of Miller Park left. <laughs> we'll still have Miller, yeah, Parkway. Miller Parkway. Yeah, I mean the the part maybe yeah. make like Bob Euchre Way or something like that. I bet you. Pretty soon it'll be Christian Yelich way. Pretty soon we'll end up like the Packers, and we'll just name all the streets around the stadium after coaches and players and whatnot. If you win a championship, uh, we'll name a street after you. Duaskin Boulevard is, is my pick, but oh, really? Because you've done so much for the organization. Hey, man, I've, I've been with reviewing the brew for for almost two year, two two full years. Wow, it's incredible! Happy anniversary! No, it's, not it's quite. Not, yeah, it's not almost. quite. Yeah. I've been there almost just as long, although I had a little hiatus at a different site. But I'm back. I, I've been there. I've, yeah, actually, no. You, yeah, you can't. You came on as as a writer like a month after I started. Like no joke. Yeah, that was so, in that was in like May when I started. Yeah, I think yeah, like April May, just about. Yeah, I started in I started in March of of 2017, 
and I got a message from some from some guy named Dave Gasper saying that he he wanted to <laughs> to do this. I'm like, all, all right, you know, I mean, dude, I'm sure, sure. You, I'm sure you can put together a sentence. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and here I am. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and now we now we, we we run the site together, and we couldn't. You know, I I think we get along pretty well. I hope. Yeah. We do. Yeah. No, it, it's great. We occasionally do podcasts together. Occasionally do a podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, been definitely been a good run. Um, all right, so let's kind of continue uh, wrapping up what's been going on around in the Brewers off season. A lot of uh, a lot of moves to kind of discuss first. Let's let's talk about Yasmani Grandal. One year, okay. sixteen million dollar contract, two and a half million dollar buyout on a mutual option for twenty twenty. The Brewers did give up uh, an early draft pick to sign Yasmani Grandal because he did have that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Qualifying offer. There it is. Yeah. He did have a qualifying offer, so the Brewers do lose that draft pick. Who, whoever that draft pick would be would not impact this current Brewers championship window. So although it does kind of pain me to lose that draft pick, that draft pick wouldn't help much right now anyways. Meanwhile, no. Yasmani Grandal does, and he really improves the Brewers catching core from Manny Pena and Eric Kratz to now one of the best offensive catchers in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want your deal, which... You know, it, 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 it buys the Brewers a full season to figure out what to do with the position. Uh, it gives Jacob Nottingham another, you know, another year to kind of develop and see if, if he's going to turn into turn into something. It gives uh, uh, Peyton Henry another season to, to develop to see if he's going to turn into a real catching prospect. Um, you know, or you know, they you know they could they could still find somebody, you know, in the draft who who, who might be. You know, this is actually a pretty, you know, from what I understand, it's a pretty solid draft for catchers. Um, so there might be a college catcher that they have their eye on. Or you know, next off season we could do this all over again and have to work out a deal with the you know Yasmani Grandal or, or somebody else. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, when they when they made the announcement, I mean, you guys probably saw the same stuff. I did. Brewer fans were like, "Well, why did we just go after Grandal? You know, we had Kratz, we got Pena, we got Nottingham out there." Kratz is not what? stopping a guy like Grandall from signing. No, no. Kratz. <laughs> Steve, a, is that you? Exactly. A thirty-nine-year-old backup catcher with a a two hundred three career exactly. batting average. I love you know, Kratz. We, I love the guy. Yeah, love, love. But no. But. <laughs> yeah, and, and so here's the thing, and we we all have short memories. We all think about the the NLCS. And all the past balls that he had, and and the issues he had fielding and, and catching, and but really, I mean, over the last four years, Grandal has been either in the top two or three of his position as a catcher. I mean, this guy was an All Star in '15. He was one of the best, you know. He's he is one of the best hitting catchers, like uh, Matt mentioned, over the last three seasons. He is a legitimate upgrade to the catching position. And from reports, he's already starting to work with Brewers pitchers. Him and Josh Hader yeah. have, done, yeah. have done work together. I mean, he's going into into 2019 ready to stick it kind of to L.A. a little bit, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if I was a catcher, I'd, I'd want as much practice as possible trying to catch Josh Hader, too, because his stuff is just way too filthy. He's like, I need to learn how to catch this crap. Because that is, because he saw it firsthand in the NLCS. He's like, "Whoa, man, I would, 
I would not have fun catching this. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even though Grandal, like he's a he's like a career two forty hitter. He doesn't hit for a high average, and he's still one of the like top two or three hitting catchers in the game, which is just kind of a sign of how bad the catching group is in Major League Baseball right now. There's like no good hitting catchers. Like hit like it's Grandal and JT Real Muto, really who are at the top. And last year Real Muto hit like two seventy, which is good, but it's not particularly great. But I mean Grandal has good power. He's got a lot of pop, and it's from the left-handed side too. He's a switch hitter, but he's got power from the left side, which, as we all know, works pretty well in Miller Park. And it, does. it it just made a lot of sense. And, yeah, it's only a one-year deal that you're giving up a draft pick for. But, Matthew, I'm sure you'll agree, there's no such thing as a bad <laughs> one-year deal. I, that's a, you know, you couldn't, I, could, I couldn't have said it better myself. No, <laughs> I, I, I agree 100%. There is no such thing as a, as a bad one-year deal. Yeah. I, you know, it, you're, 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 you're on the hook for a season, and then, and then you can just kind of cut ties. Now, he, he, they do have a mutual option at the end of it, but there's you know, a pretty low chance it's going to be exercised. Um, the only way the Brewers want to exercise it is if uh, you know, Grandal had a fantastic season and want to keep him. Uh, the only way Grandal would want to exercise is if he had a terrible season and didn't want to have to go looking for another yeah. contract. Or so, if or, Grandal just completely fell in love with Milwaukee and didn't want to leave. <sighs> kind of the Paul George effect that happened in Oklahoma City for basketball. Yeah. So what if he has a fantastic season? Say the Brewers win the World Series. He's like, hey, this seems pretty great here. I'm going to stick around. Okay. Then you decline the option and you sign a three-year deal with Milwaukee. Possibly. <laughs> There's so many possibilities. It's fantastic. Got to love one-year deals with mutual options. There is. Yeah, it, and something else to ease any Brewer fans concerned about his defense if they're if they're novelists to the game. Grindall over four seasons has only twenty one errors and he's a ninety nine five fielding percentage guy. He doesn't commit a lot of errors. That those uh, those errors during the NLCS almost seem a little like fluke at yeah. the time. Yeah, th- those pass balls. But another thing about Grandall's as a defensive catcher too. He rated out as the best, not not one of the best, the best pitch framer in all of baseball last year. He was the best at getting extra strikes called for his pitchers, kind of like what Jonathan Lucroy used to be back in the day. Lucroy was one of the best pitch framers out there, and he was a strong offensive player. This is basically what the Brewers have once again in, in Yasmani Grandal. So I think it's a really good move and just upgrades another position. And David Stearns definitely keeps us on our toes. There was not a single rumor about this. Nope. Remember, I like there it. was there was nothing. There was not a single connection by anyone until I nope. think I think it was Ken Rosenthal's just like the Brewers have signed Yasmani Grandal. And we're all just like, What? Yep. That was quality. Yeah, no, I love that. That yeah. just out of, out of, you know, David Stearns under the radar, just did his work, did his due diligence. And then and, he strikes. Yep. I was just so yeah. No, it, I was just chilling at home watching Last Man Standing, and all of a sudden, I just see my phone buzz. Oh my god! <laughs> yep. Yeah. We we uh, we ran into him and his wife at the airport in Milwaukee. Oh wow! Ooh. It was a 
it was one of those. Uh, so obviously, when we went out to, to on deck, we, we were discussing it over our little group. But, you know, we, we flew from Seattle and back. So 3,400 miles. We're at the airport right before the snowstorm hits. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm walking out of the out of the men's room and Grandall's walking in at the same time. And I'm like, did I just see who I thought I saw? And sure <laughs> enough, yeah. Then, then we had a flood of Brewer players at MKE trying to get out of town before the snow game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of David, what's the current temperature up in up in Wisconsin right now? Um, let's see, uh, not very warm. Let's see. Okay. I, um, I'm updating my phone here. See what see what we got. Yeah. So I'm out, I'm out in Lacrosse, and yep. last time I updated my phone, it said negative fifteen. Okay. And oh, it's actually gotten a, a lot warmer. It's now only negative four. Um, hey, that's what I'm at. So yeah, hey, warm spell. It it is shorts weather out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, when when I got into the car this morning. It was negative twenty eight in, in my driveway. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah so, I'm not going to say what it is out here. You guys are please don't. Angry. Yeah, no. It, it, you know, we we live here for a reason. What is that reason again? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because we got the best baseball around, Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and we got a whole bunch of beer to keep us warm. I suppose. Yeah. You just keep telling yourself, spring training is only a few weeks away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I believe me. It's I, in the past four days. It's like okay, it's you know th- you know three weeks till till pitchers and catchers report, man. Yeah. it's not that bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, in in I, I can't say you know down south here. We are going to have a bit of a warm spell in the next few days. I don't know, I don't know what it's going to be like for, for you Northerners. For us Northerners? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we might get up into the positives. We, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, supposedly, supposedly Monday we're going to have a high of 51. 51? Are you kidding? No. That is... It's like a sauna. That is that is definitely t-shirt and shorts weather. Oh, absolutely. Oh um, man, I, 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 I got the, I got the flip flops out of the out of the closet already. Waiting, you know, in, in expectation. Yeah, your your Hawaiian shirt and everything. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, all right. Some other moves that the Brewers have made. Um, they've traded a couple of outfielders that we kind of we kind of all knew this was coming. Uh, the first was Domingo Santana. After he basically was pushed out of the picture by Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, uh, he had a terrible season, got sent down to AAA for most of the year. And then back in December, the Brewers traded him to Seattle out in Joe's territory for Ben Gamble and 18th round pick in 2018, Noah Zavolis. Uh, Joe, what did you think of this trade when you first saw it? So... Um... I, I wrote the, the story about why I felt like Ben Gamble was a little undervalued. I, I spent a couple of days talking to Mariner fans, and they kind of had the same sentiment that uh, the team did not utilize Gamble the way they should have. And uh, I, I was I was all for it. As much as I, I'm going to miss Domingo Santana in a Brewers uniform, I, uh, I wish him well in Seattle as they're kind of rebuilding. I think Gamble is an immediate fourth outfielder who has potential to be a long-term Brewer looking at um, how the team is built. And I think mm-hmm. he'll bring a different element to the team too. 
when you look at the trades as a whole, I mean, we can kind of discuss that. I think the Brewers did great. I mean, they did fantastic if you combine the two trades. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just looking at, like, Domingo on his own, like, it was kind of confusing how, like, because that was the first one to happen, how they trade a fourth outfielder for another fourth outfielder. And it's like, this is really kind of not helping our outfield logjam here. And it, they just kind of got an extra pitcher that they liked in the 18th round that they just did not get, that, that the Mariners just took him right before the Brewers could. So they got a guy in that the they liked. Round. What? It, they took him right before the Brewers in the 18th round. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, we wanted that guy. So now we'll just trade Domingo Santana to get him. But, yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely like the trade. I, I think it was good for the Brewers. Um, I like Gamble. And we've had we've had this Ben Gamble fan club account on Twitter that's been really he's, – he's been loving this. He, he's been a huge source of information <laughs> for us you, on Ben Gamble. Uh, I mean, he, he's all about him. Yeah. You 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 remember Ben's brother? Yes, I do remember Ben's brother. I kind of wish that uh, Ben Gamble could wear the number twenty four just so we could recycle that jersey. <laughs> so we could just like put on his brother's jersey. Yeah, just just fun. Oh yeah, Gamble jersey. Yeah, perfect. But Jesus Aguilar has the number twenty four now, so I, I don't think that one's going anywhere. No. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this Gamble does a lot better than the last one because the last Gamble. Yeah, he had, to, he had to try to replace Prince Fielder, which is a tough task in and of itself. And then, like, a month and a half in to taking over that job, he tears his ACL. And then the year, like, the spring training after, he tears his ACL again. And then they end up just cutting him because it's like, you keep on tearing your ACL. But yeah, hopefully Ben Gamble does not do that. And he actually ends up being a pretty decent player. Yeah. It, so I'm, I was going to bring this up kind of talking about the hidden value with Ben Gamble too that we talked about he's a situational hitter I mean you put him into that lineup that in Milwaukee's already got established uh, I mean he's going to be a much uh, much needed offensive surge at the bottom of the order like we were discussing you know and, and his best hitting comes after May 1 and always right around like September 1st and 2nd so those those days in the middle of the year where he's really you know he might be needed to to win you a ball game every once in a while. Yeah, and apparently he's like a really good pinch hitter as well, and he enjoys pinch hitting, being in a pinch hitting role, and he thrives in it, which is something Domingo Santana really didn't do. Like he he's one of those guys who needs to play every day to get into a groove at the plate, and Gamble, he's different that way. You know he can just go in and be that, that pinch hitter type guy coming off the bench and still have success, whereas Santana really couldn't, which is what makes this trade so much better on, on its face. And then we'll look at the other trade, the trade of Keon Broxton to the Mets, and oh my God, this is phenomenal. I mean, David Stearns traded a guy with a career 221 batting average for three players. And they're actually pretty decent players. Bobby Wall had a 2.2 ERA in AAA. He could be in the bullpen this year. Adam Hill, starting pitcher, I think he could end up being the best player in this package. Fourth-round yes. pick last year, 2.35 ERA in his first professional season. And then they got another lottery ticket in Felix Valerio, 
who's an 18-year-old Dominican Summer League player who he can hit. He's 5'7", but he can hit pretty well. And it's just it's kind of two lower-level lottery tickets and a bullpen arm for Keon Broxton, who hit 179 last year. David Stearns is a but wizard. He, I, I'm sure of it. But he did really well in Colorado Springs. So. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. everybody hits really well in the Mile High area. How, how well takes, did he actually hit in Colorado Springs? I think he was pretty solid. He was pretty solid in AAA, if I remember correctly. I'm, I'm not. I'm not running. I'm not running to look it up. But you know, I, I'm. I'm looking it up. I, I'm trying to find. Anec- it. Anecdotally speaking, I, I believe he did. He did pretty well in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Yeah. I mean, compared to hitting yeah, 179, it, a lot of things are hitting a lot better than than what he well, did there. You know. Yeah. What's What's fascinating about that trade, and and like I said, when you look at the two trades together, you basically flip Domingo Santana for four prospects. And you took Keon Broxton and you made an upgrade with Ben Gamble at the end of the day um, is how you got to look at it a little bit. And we all look at uh, Bobby Wall as like, hey, we got this great you know guy who can immediately help. I think Adam Hill is honestly the the hidden gem of this whole thing. Oh yeah, uh, I like agree. Twenty one. Oh my, my my guy, my guy Noah. That yeah, that's true too. Oh yeah. But you've got you've got you know. I just looking at Hill's stats last year uh, in Brooklyn, he had 26 strikeouts against seven walks in nine games in only 15 innings. I mean, this guy is bringing heat. Yeah, you, you know, you know what that tells me. What he's going to be in Carolina to start the season? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what that tells me. I, I, I might have been a little too good for for rookie ball or low A or whatever it was. Yeah. Also, Keon Broxton in tri- in in the minor leagues last year, he hit two fifty. He hit two fifty one with a seven thirty three OPS. It's not that great. It's not terrible. But he was, it, it's it, better. It was a really. It was, it was a clutch seven thirty three OPS. Oh yeah, very clutch. Of course. Yeah. No, but that was that was a phenomenal trade for for the Brewers to get all those guys for Keon Broxton and Hill and Valerio are kind of lottery tickets, but. Hills, I mean, he's a pretty good lottery ticket to get. I mean, fourth round pick last year, you know, a lot, lot of, lot of good numbers, a lot of good things to like. I mean, that's a really good trade for the Brewers. Actually, actually, I, I, I had a thought in that trade. Um, what that looked like to me was an incoming GM just clearing out a lot of prospects that he didn't believe in. Yeah, Brody Van Wagen is just like yeah. I don't know. Adam Hill didn't want me to be his agent, so screw him. Is that is that what happened? No, I'm I'm just guessing. Oh, you should have said yes. I would have believed you completely. Um, I I am not in the era of misinformation here. Okay, I am not fake news. I I am your fact check. I know you are. You are. Uh, it really just looked to me like you know the, you know, the new Mets GM just really wanted to clear, you know clear out his a, a few guys he didn't he didn't really believe in and wanted to you know, pick another outfielder is what that looked like to me. Yeah, and of all outfielders, you picked the guy with a 179 average. Nice job, Brody Van Wagenen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's got to so stink Matt, being a Mets fan. 
Matt, you had mentioned Noah. Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely correct too. Though 41 strikeouts over 11 walks, 19 games last season. At Car- Carolina Mudcats are going to have a, a pretty decent win. And he's he's all he's also a genius because he's looking at the future of the organization oh, yeah. too. You know. Yeah. No, he went to Harvard. Yeah. Oh, that's true. They go to Harvard. Yeah, another Harvard guy, just like uh, Brent yep. Suter. Yeah, the smartest man on the team went to Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Just, I don't know that. I don't know that, that, that. No, I don't know that to be true. Yeah, but I mean, all around, two really great trades for the Brewers, getting rid of those two outfielders and bringing in some really good, really good young players to to the organization. So really, the other part of that too is you get an extra year of eligibility with Ben Gamble. Yeah, yeah. You get that I mean, uh, that fourth year. That one more I year. Think he, I think Gamble also has an option, if I'm not mistaken. He does have an option. He's like one so, day short, but yeah, like he he does have that that extra minor league option. So David Stern's just working working his magic. Because I, I don't, I think I'm 90 percent certain Santana was out of options. If I remember he was, correctly. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah 2018 oh. was his last year with options, which is why they're like, we need to get rid of these guys because Broxton didn't have any options left either. So that's no, why they're like, yeah, we oh, got to get rid of them because they're not going to be able to play. Broxton, he, he's been like up and down so many times that that's because he, he always like, goes it's, into it's, month-long cold stretches. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So great guy, great right. dancer, but Keon, for the love of God, could you find some consistency? Like I've never, I've never danced. I've never danced him. I couldn't tell you. You you haven't seen him dance. I I've never danced with him. No. Well, no, I wasn't saying I was dancing with him. I was just saying That's he's a good dancer. How I heard it. No, I'm saying he's a good dancer. Oh, sorry. Like, like last year at Brewers on Deck, he was at he was in the dance off that they had. I think it was him and Brett Suter, if I remember the video. Yeah, right. him and Suter. Then I think the other one was was that Phillips and uh, who was the other? Is that JJ? I don't know. Either way, he could dance. Um, but all right, let's, let's move on now to second base, which has really kind of been the, the main priority for a lot of Brewers fans all off season. It's like, oh, well, we need a second baseman. Jonathan Scope didn't work out. He was non-tendered. Thankfully, we don't have to deal with that mess for another year. Um, but now what are they going to do at second base? They, they signed Corey Spangenberg, who has kind of been a disappointment for a first round pick over his career. Um, I'm not really that high on Spangenberg. If you couldn't tell already by my use of the word disappointment in his career, but they got Spangenberg, they got Aaron Perez, uh, Tyler Saladino, Mauricio Dubon is in AAA. Keston Hero is probably going to be in AAA as well. Um, but other than that, 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 that's basically what they got. They're not really inspiring options at the big league level with Perez, Spangenberg, and Saladino. And the free agent market has really been picked over. T.J. LeMayhew's yes. gone. Jed Lowry's gone. Um, really kind of all the best options. As Dribble Cabrera's now gone, he's off the table. So the guys that are left are Marwin Gonzalez, who's probably going to sign a multi-year deal and still get a decent amount of money. But he's he can play all over the place. You got Derek Dietrich, who is DFA'd by the Marlins. And Josh Harrison who's been declining for the past five seasons. There's really kind of not many inspiring options out there in free agency right now. 
No. You know where they're going to decide on a uh, second baseman? Oh, What's yeah. That? On March 27th, the day before the season starts. <laughs> oh, that's, that's when they're going to offer J- you know, Josh Harrison a contract? Nah, I, I think you're going to see uh, during spring training a different second baseman almost every day out there playing. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, the the oh. names you've mentioned, do I think Keston goes this year early? No, I think, they, I think they're smart enough to know to hold that option. Uh, not start his uh, his major league service time. clock. Yeah, yeah, his service clock. Um, well, we, we, what's going to happen in in spring training is you're, you're going to have Keston Hira spend the majority of his time with the major league club. Yeah, and then then they'll just option him down it, before the season starts. Like yeah, like the day before. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's you know it's 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 going to be just enough to get the rumors. Hey, you know Hira's hitting you know three fifty. Yeah. In spring training against you know guys who are going to be you know pitching in single A in two weeks, should he stay? Yeah, I mean, David Stearns has confirmed before. Kesson here is not going to start opening day with the Brewers. He said Mauricio Dubon is not going to start opening day with the Brewers. Those guys are going to be down in the minors, mm. so it's good. It's going to be between Paris Spangenberg and Saldino to start, and unless they find some other free agent option. Um, it's going to be down to those three. And I think with where they're at now, they might just stick with what they have. I don't even think they're going to sign another one. I don't think they are either. I really don't. No, I think that I think the market's pretty much dried up at this point. Yeah, I mean, Derek Dietrich, I, I like Dietrich. And Me too. I, I think he'd be an upgrade. He'd be a slight upgrade over a guy like Spangenberg. But, I mean, they've already signed Spangenberg. And... You know, they're really just going to add another body to just kind of be that small upgrade, that the slight marginal upgrade, as opposed to someone who's going to be playing there every single day and just kind of take over the spot until Dubon and Hira are ready. I mean, the only guy left who could do that is Marwin Gonzalez. And Marwin, I think, is asking for too big of a contract for the Brewers to be going after him. You know, I, 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 you know, Marwin had a really good season a year too early. If he yeah. has his career, career year last year, I think he's probably already with a team. But the fact that he, he had a career year and then he kind of came back to earth and now he's looking for the multi-year deal, I don't I honestly, I don't see where he's going to get it. I really don't. I think he, he's probably going to sign a one-year deal with an option or two and probably you know try it again next year is my guess. Yeah, and I mean, he was rumored to be looking for like a four-year contract earlier in the offseason. You know, hey, great, look for it. You're probably not going to find it, but it's, it's yeah. okay to look for. Like when uh, Craig Kimbrell was saying he wanted a six-year, $100 million deal as a closer. Yeah, and, and everyone's and like, where, yeah, well, where, I'd like that too, he, but. And, and, and which team is Craig Kimbrell signed with? He's still a free agent. Yeah, yep, there you go. Yep. So. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see because in these final two weeks before pitchers and catchers report, all these players are going to want to find a team. that They're going to want to sign with someone. So, you know, we're, we're probably going to get a flurry of signings here some point soon, hopefully. But we've been saying that for like two, three weeks, and here we yes, are. Yes, we have. Yeah, you, you hate to play the what-if game, but what if Dubon hadn't torn his ACL last year? Oh, man. You hate, to, you hate to play that game. He, he was crushing the ball. Yes, yeah. he was. He definitely, he definitely would have crushing. Yeah, he definitely would have come up, and 
I'm a big believer in Dubon, so I think he would have crushed it in the big leagues as well. I think that would have prevented them from having to go get Jonathan Scope. I think he could have tried to lock down that job before Keston Hira got close to the big leagues. And, you know, we, we could be talking about Dubon as, as a big piece of the future. And that and if he did that, if he if he proved himself to be, hey, I could be the second baseman of the future, that could make David Stearns look at Keston Hira and be like, huh, this guy might be a little bit of a little bit expendable, and I can include him in a package for Corey Kluber. And then that just makes the Kluber trade more and more likely, and then we're just kind of going down a rabbit hole here. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite the what-if game it, for for Dubon. Mm, agreed. And when you're both the Dubon and Hera, you look at Orlando Arcia a little bit and you say, he came up <laughs> so young. So I mean, he was young when he got up there, and he's still only twenty-four years old. Yeah, and both those guys could say, "How's that going to look in the future?" You know, myself and Arcia, and both of them are going to go out and prove something. Hopefully, during spring training. Yeah, and Ar- I mean, Arcia had a pretty good twenty seventeen. Like he actually had a pretty good season at the plate. I mean, he had fifteen homers. He had, I think, like two seventy around there, and I was like, hey. Dude. His bat's coming around. This is great. And then he completely stunk it up in the first half of 2018. And everyone's like, oh, no, he stinks again. But no, I, I, I'm a big what do you mean again. Well, I mean, he hit like 200 some like back in 2016. And he never really had like a big bat coming through the minor mm-hmm. leagues. Like gotcha. it's, he's showed like some improvement, but, you know, the, Scouts were never really high on his bat. It was his glove that was going to get him to the big leagues. Gotcha. So, yeah. Arcia, I'm I'm definitely a big fan of. Um, uh, president and CEO of the Orlando Arcia fan club right here. You are or I am? No, you are. I you, am. I, well, I'm also, as I've pointed out on Twitter before, I'm also the president of the Christian Yelich fan club. So, Yeah. I, I'm, I've got a lot of duties over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into the mailbag segment. Um, we put out on Twitter and on Facebook um, before the show today. <laughs> asking for questions for you guys to ask us. We didn't get anything on Facebook. Um, Sorry, get- I did my best. But we got a bunch on Twitter here, and kind of right on topic here, um, we got a question from CJ. If Dubon makes the MLB roster, um, which he's not going to make out of camp, but you know when he gets called up, what kind okay. of impact could he make on this team? And that's the first, He's got a couple others, but the, the first one here, let, let's just digest this. What kind of impact could Dubon make on this Brewers team? Does he come up as a second baseman or as a shortstop? Second baseman. Mm, okay, if if the Brewers if the Brewers are confident enough in him to call him up as a second baseman, uh, he starts every day, and I don't think they would bat him at the bottom of the lineup. I think they would want to get him off to a bit better start. So I think you'd you'd probably see him hitting near the top of the lineup. And if that's the case, he needs to be getting on base. You know, the the, the he can't be having those those hard ground balls to second base to turn into outs. He's got to be having you know ground balls that sink through the infield, and he's got to you know do a better job of getting on base or, or drawing walks, I should say. So, um, if he's capable of doing that, I, he could stick at second base, and and he could 
you know, and end up, you know, solving the, uh, you know, the problem that the Brewers had at the very top of the lineup. Um, I'm not super optimistic that he's going to be able to do that in 2019. I think he still needs to, to work on his pitch recognition and he still needs to work on his patience. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see him succeed. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of side, honestly, I'm kind of sideways on him. You know, just, just, be, just simply because, you know, you know the on-base skills aren't quite where they need to be for what the team needs at this point, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you look at what he did in, in Colorado Springs last year. He had a 343 average through those 27 awesome. games and a 348 on-base percentage. That's, that's the problem, yeah. He drew two walks. <laughs> that's, uh, that's only two more than me, and I don't play. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. a... You hate to speculate on what what he could be or what he might bring, so it's it's tough because it's like he is he is coming back from a, a serious leg injury. I mean that's a that's no joke for a guy who uh, who plays a middle infield position. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, another question here from CJ: Is this Arcia's breakout year since we saw a flash of it in the playoffs? I, I think the the only person qualified to answer this is David Gasper. So David. I think it is. Is this the year? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of RC. I think this is his breakout year. I think he finally figured something out. I mean, when okay. in, the, in the second, what, in the, what, 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 what? And what does a breakout? What does a breakout year look like from Orlando RC in, in 2019? Uh, um, does does he hit 40 homers or does he just no? Hit no, he, he's not. He's not a 40. He's not a 30, 40 homer type guy. I mean, I think okay, he could so hit, he steals like 50 bases or just 40. Could could you let me talk? Yeah, you can go ahead. <laughs> so I mean, just with with RC, I mean, he really came back strong in the second half last year. I mean, he bumped up his average. I mean, it was. I mean, I think he finished at like two thirty something, but but I mean, he was like way down there. But he hit like two ninety or something in 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 August and September. He came up big in the playoffs. Had that long hitting streak, um, and then. Arcia, I, I think for a breakout year, I think you could see him maybe hitting close to around 270, 280 again, and maybe 15 to 20 homers. Um, okay. I, I could definitely see that out of Arcia. He's definitely matured a bit more, and he finally fixed whatever it was with his swing. He got his timing more down. Um, so I, I definitely think this is Arcia's breakout year. So, yeah. I, 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 ideal slash line in 2019 from or, or Breakout Orlando Garcia is um, ideal. I'll, I'll say 280, okay. uh, three, 350 on base percentage. 50, okay. And then, um, let's see, maybe like a, a 450 slugging ish. So, so an, he needs 800 OPS to, to really break out. Sure, why not? Okay, all right, fair enough. Okay. I mean, I mean that's a pretty good season, you know. It's a, it's a great season, yeah. From a, from a guy who hit 230, yeah, yeah. So, okay, it, it, Joe, do you have, any, do you, do you have any, anything you want to add to this? I just kind of looked over his winter stats too, and you can take those for what they are. But I, I, I agree with what David's saying. I mean, I think 275, 280. Um, Kind of about his 2017 numbers. I mean, honestly, maybe a little bit of improvement from that. If he can find that stroke again and keep that that range going, I think he's a. I think it's a perfect fit for him at shortstop for long term success. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So now we got a question from Steve. 
is Chase and Thames traded? So are are Chase Anderson and Eric Thames tradable? Um, yes, they they are tradable. Yeah, I mean, if David Stearns can get three pretty good players for Keon Braxton, I think he can get something for Chase Anderson and Eric Thames. Um, it's just a matter of finding a team that that's interested. First baseman, like power yeah. hitting first baseman, really kind of aren't in demand nowadays. Um, so that's going to make th- trading Thames a bit tougher. Um, I thought the Marlins could be a good fit, but they just got Neil Walker, and he could play. Uh, some first base as a left-handed hitter. So, I don't know. But Chase, um, I think it depends on if they, like if they get Dallas Keuchel, I think they're going to trade Chase. But, I don't know. The, I problem, mean, with, the problem with trades is that you need a partner. And yeah, it takes two to tango. I, yeah, it really does. So, I... I I would hope that there would be a, tra- a trade partner out there for, for both of those players if the Brewers wanted to head that route. I, you know, you're probably going to get about fifty cents in the dollar for 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 both if that. Um, I don't I don't th- I don't think the return is going to be anything impressive. I really don't. Um, yeah. I, I I would hope that you could, you could get more for Eric Thames than you got for Keon Broxton, but I, I don't necessarily see that happening. I'm sorry. Yeah. So a chase. It might be easier. His contract is six point five million in twenty nineteen, but he's got team mm-hmm. options for twenty and twenty one, with Correct. only a five hundred k buyout for each of those years. Yeah. So a team may look at him and say, "Hey, can this guy be the pitcher he used to be? Bring him in, and if it doesn't work, they just buy his contract out." Same, yeah. however, has that uh, that player option for twenty twenty, and I thought it was club. Uh no, I just looked it up. It's twenty. It's a player option, I believe. That's what it is. Let me double check that real quick. Yeah, I thought. What I thought for sure. I mean, you don't get very many player options yeah. nowadays. Yeah, it's player option with a one million dollar buyout for twenty twenty. So you almost have to look at you're gonna have him for two years. I got mine as a club option. Fascinating. I thought it yeah. was. Yeah, it, yeah, I got player option here. What What, what are you looking it up on? Yeah, what are you uh, looking baseball, at? Baseball reference. If you guys got something different. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't trust baseball reference. I, I got roster resource. They have club okay. option. Yeah, I, our, Ros- our, 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 our two favorites are roster resource and spot track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, baseball reference isn't really – that's not a place I go to for contracts. But, yeah. All right. Um, next question from Marcel. Have the last two free agency periods killed the fun of the offseason for you guys? Yeah, well, pretty much. There's No. I mean, it's been pretty, pretty tough to find things to write about, you know. But uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, can be. Uh, Do we see any end to this new fad of waiting until free agents turn into the crypt keeper before making reasonable offers? Yes, we'll see it after the after the uh, the lockout in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, because that's because the CBA runs through then, and I mean Tony Clark really kind of. He really did not help the players at all in the last CBA negotiations. So, I, I don't. I don't know why the players think it's a good idea to have a former player as, as the head of the, the players' association. You know, you, you want a lawyer, like yeah. you know, you know the, the 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 owners they they don't hire you know other owners to to handle the negotiations. They hire lawyers, yeah, and they usually do pretty well because they hire people who are paid to negotiate. Whereas you're sending in Tony Clark. 
you know, who, maybe he's a master negotiator. Maybe he's a you know he's a brilliant businessman, genius. I really don't know the guy, but based on the results, he did he, terrible. He, he'd be better. He he did terrible. It was it was yeah awful. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we we could go off pages. about the the whole state of you know baseball and the CBA thing, but well, the, the, you know, teams have, have finally figured out that hey, you know, we have this this stream of cheap labor coming up. You know, through you know through our system, why not just go with that instead of giving up these monster contracts? Who that really haven't worked out in the past? Like, look at Albert Pujols. That uh, contract hasn't really worked out. Mm. You you look at Robinson Cano. Like yeah, all, all yeah. these all these big long term big money deals have all kind of backfired for the teams. So they're all just like, why why are we keeping on doing this? Why not sign for a shorter term? And you and you got analytics now coming into the game and. You know, they're telling teams, don't pay this much for this player because at that point, it's not going to be worth it. So just shave off that extra year, a couple extra million, and you'll get this much value. And, and it and just makes it that much smarter for the teams. The players just can't yeah, and adjust. And that's similar to something Ken Rosenthal wrote um, about uh, if you got the athletic, you know, and you, and you can read it, it's a great read. Uh, the slow market for Harper Machado is just another sign that baseball's current system is broken. It's exactly what you're saying. The system is broken, and that's why you're seeing these these contracts for these marquee players like a Harper and Machado now into almost February with still no contract. Yeah. I mean, you've got guys being paid way less than what they're worth during their mid, like their mm. early, mid, late 20s. Well, are you okay, I've Matthew? Yeah, I've got. To, I, you're only worth what somebody's willing to pay you. Okay, but it's like like going through like you have those first three years. Like Travis Shaw, he's been worth a lot more than the five hundred thousand league minimum he's gotten paid the Agreed. past couple years. He's Agreed. worth more than that, but that's how much he's gotten paid, and Agreed. that has been his mid twenties. Like this is his prime, and he's just now get going starting the arbitration process. By the time he's a free agent, Agreed. he's going to be like thirty, thirty one. And then it's like, well, you're you're on the wrong side of thirty. Don't want to sign you to a long term deal for big money, even though you've had success in the past, because you're not as likely to have success in the future. So even though exactly you, you've played well for way less money, there's no big money payday coming afterwards because now you're later into your career and there's not as much of a promise of get, getting all that money back. So it, it sounds to me like they should be paying younger players more. Yeah, I, I think you got to completely redo the arbitration system. Mm. Look at look at Shaw, and and you just said it right there. His uh, his career money earnings are less than two million dollars total. Yeah. So are mine. But this is a guy who <laughs> I'm pretty sure we could all say the same thing. But yeah, this, this is a guy who. Now you look at a, a player like a Harper who wants forty million a season, and you're like, whoa, like that. Uh, I mean, and Shaw is what two years older than him. Yeah, and he's been playing baseball, so I mean, it's, he shouldn't be making that much less. <laughs> yeah, so it's just they they got to completely redo how they pay their their younger players. They they do that. That's got to be something in the in the new CBA. There's also an, I, there's also an alternative to this. Oh yeah, you know, if, if, honestly, if 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 you have a smart agent, I don't think you ever hit free agency anymore. Yeah, I mean, if if you really have a smart agent and you you really want to get a payday, 
uh, you know, supposedly there was an offer, you know, Bryce Harper out on the table from the Nationals for $300 million. Yeah. You know, and how like, how yeah. does that look now? Yeah, how does that look now? I mean, um, if, if you've got, you know, a, you know, a brilliant agent, I think they probably would have figured out that, hey, you know, waiting, you know, waiting this out doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get more money. This might be the best offer. Maybe we should take it. Because um, it seems to be the, the guys who sign extensions are the guys who get the contracts. It's not yeah. the guys who sign the free agent deals anymore. Yeah, it, this is kind of off topic, but I really think Nolan Arenado should sign an extension with the Rockies. Just because okay. next year, like he's going to be the top guy on the free agent market, but everyone's going to look at his home road splits. He's got like a 960-something career OPS in Coors Field. And on the road, when he's away from Coors Field, his OPS is like 760. Like, it is like he's basically like average when he's away from Coors Field. So everyone's going to look at it and be like, I'm not, I'm not going to pay you that much money. Like, you're a product of Coors Field. Mm. So I think it would be better for him to just stay in Coors Field, sign the extension that they wanted to have. There you go. Yeah, and he just settled, what was it, yesterday yeah, or today? Today, yeah, $26 million. $26 million. Yeah, yep. arbitration record. All right, we got a question from Steve here. I'm thinking slash hoping that Dubon becomes <laughs> the next Aaron Perez, only better, after Hira claims a second base job. What are your thoughts on that? So, so Steve and I actually I actually met Steve during the playoffs. He was sitting like two seats Aww. down from me. Um, yeah. So, Dubon. I, I think he could be a utility guy because I think Hira is going to end up claiming that second base job as long as he doesn't get traded for Corey Kluber. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think he was the same guy who like took reps in center field, like like took reps in the outfield to kind of show some more versatility so that he's not just stuck in one position. But I don't know. I, I don't know if, if Dubon's going to be moved to kind of an Aaron Perez type role, only a better player than Aaron Perez. Something to think about, and <laughs> you always kind of speculate. What if Hira ends up moving to third base eventually? Oof. Nah. Uh. Yeah. Hira, Hira can't throw. Yeah, he doesn't have the, he the arm for third base. Um, do you, I think, honestly, it's either second base or first base for Keston Hira at this, play, at, at this point. There was some talk that he could go to the outfield, but I don't know how. If, if you can barely throw enough for second base, what makes you think you can throw in left field? You know, no, you, you can't. That's a good point. No, no, that's, we'll, that's end, we'll end up with another um, Chris Davis. Yeah, Chris with a K. Yeah, yes, Chris with a K. Or Chris with a C. Yeah. I, well, no, we 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 had an issue. Why would, why last would time we? Chris yeah. What, <laughs> we, what would make I, you I think confused. I'm talking about? Baltimore Orioles Chris Davis when the Brewers had their own because Chris it because ha- it happened before. Ugh. Anyway, either I, I, I since it happened before, I, I feel the need to clarify. I apologize. All right. Anyways, but yeah. So the former Brewer Chris Davis, kind kind of a lot like that, but yeah, um, yeah. Dubon, he he probably could be a utility guy. I'm just not sure of. You know his experience at all these other positions. If he'd be able to right right off the bat, but um, it's definitely going to be something to watch. Um, last question here uh, from David. Hey, great name guy. 
Um, <laughs> says Woodruff, Peralta, and Burns. Who will be the first to? I, I don't know if this is supposed to be 15 or 5 team wins, assuming Burns is a starter. So basically, who among Woodruff, Peralta, and Burns are going to get the most wins? With all of them in the rotation. Then he says, another Chase Anderson, what to do with him? Um, but yeah, so let's start with the Woodruff Pearl to Burns. Who do you think is going to get the most wins out of those three this year? Well, at, at the at the moment, it looks like Burns is the only one who's going to start the season in the rotation. Am I really? wrong? Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's tough to I, see that rotation lining up right now with yeah. Anderson and with Anderson and Davies. Like, yep. I I think the Brewers want to go with Peralta and Woodruff, but I think Davies too, and Anderson, like they're they're kind of the more of the veteran guys. Like they're not going to pay Chase Anderson six and a half million dollars to pitch out of the bullpen. Okay, it's it's not going to happen. So Chase Anderson's no. going to be in there. So if you have Anderson, Chasin, and Nelson in that rotation, that only leaves two more spots. Correct. And we know one of them is going to Burns. Yeah, so that leaves one for Peralta and Woodruff. And Davies. And Davies. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. How, yeah, I, I really have to see how this shakes out um, before I can, you know, but I, I, as far as I know, Burns is the only one that's really assured of a rotation spot, so I'm yeah. going to say Burns. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Joseph, got, got to agree. It's going to be Burns. He's the only one that, at this point, we know will be in the rotation. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love, I'm a, I love Burns. Huge fan. I, I think he's going to be phenomenal. I think he could be the next homegrown ace for the Brewers. I really do. And his his wife follows us on social media. So sh- shout out to, uh, hey. Candy Burns. I think her name is. Shout out to the Burns family. It's great. The Burns family. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it is. It is C name. I, I apologize for not remembering, but it's been a while since we've we've been writing about about Corbin. Yeah, because we we just kind of there hasn't been much news. It's just kind of we know he's going to be in the rotation, and he's amazing. Uh, yeah, and we've been a big fan of his for a long time, and we will continue to be. Yeah. So that is going to do it. We finally ran out of time here. Um, on this little bit of a longer uh, season two premiere of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. Um, we'll be back again next week. I'd like to thank uh, Joe for, for joining us. Uh, it, we had a lot of fun talking with you, Joe, and uh, we look forward to having you on again soon. No, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks for the invite, and I look forward to uh, jumping on the podcast in the future. Our pleasure, Joe. It's been great. Thank you very much. Matthew and I will be back again next week for another edition of the Reviewing the Brew podcast.